So that's the power I found from understanding wealth dynamics is that there's the self-knowledge, but as you say, the ability to then use it for recruitment, managing team members, knowing what roles to divvy up to who, uh, and to ensure that everyone's playing to their strengths and the things that they find fun. So I love this profile and I love the simplicity of it as well. What I found was there was so much creation needed in marketing or my perception was there was a lot of creation needed in marketing. There was a lot of creativity. There was a lot of birthing new things and that just scared the crap out of my mechanic. And so what I did was I thought of a way to trick myself into using my profile of a mechanic to apply to the marketing. And what I said was, okay, this marketing thing is just a problem. It's just a problem that needs to be solved. And then eventually I'm going to be able to step away knowing that I've fixed that area of the business. Although we are big fans of systemization and we're big fans of you know writing processes and having people follow a particular process in a certain way so that the business can scale, it's also really important not to treat your humans like monkeys just entering data into a system. It's really important that your job as a leader is to actually foster an environment where people can thrive. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Entrepreneurs Rising. I am one of your hosts, Peter Moriarty, and I met in presence, in his physical presence, virtually at the moment, but physical presence with my good friend, Carl Taylor, who is an amazing man, very close to my heart, a brother from another mother. How you doing, Carl? You doing good today, man? I'm doing really good. I'm excited for today's episode, and I'm touched by your introduction. Ah, awesome. Well, I'm touched by... Only myself at the moment. Uh, (laughs) And I guess you are as well on lockdown currently. But let's get into it. I'm super excited about this as well because we're talking about a system and a framework for understanding yourself as an entrepreneur. And that system is called Wealth Dynamics. Uh, It's created by someone called Roger James Hamilton, but I'm fairly certain it's based on Jungian psychology and, you know, a bunch of other stuff of which I don't have the references for in front of me, so I will not speculate. However, this framework and different archetypes of entrepreneurs has been so meaningful for me. It's just helped me to understand myself, but it's also helped me to architect really powerful teams of people around me that complement me complement each other and find ways of working together that really, really just feels in flow. And I'm just so excited to share that with, uh, with, to you, the listener. Carl, what about you? Yeah, well, I don't remember exactly when it was that I first came across Wealth Dynamics, but when I did discover it, it was, it was pretty profound you know, it was interesting. I remember reading the sales page before I did the quiz and I was like, oh yeah, I think I know what I am. And then I did the quiz and yes, it came back pretty well exactly what I thought, a few extra distinctions. But what that really helped open up, as you said, was, okay, understanding yourself is so powerful to start connecting dots and go, oh, it makes sense why I really enjoy this. And that makes sense that this is kind of what I've been doing. But then to look at it and go, ah, that's why when I hired that person to do that role, they really sucked at it because Mm. they were the wrong wealth dynamics profile for that role. Or, you know, hey, actually, you know what? I really, I suck at that area. That's the part that I need to find people who've got that skill set and plug them into the business either as a full-timer 
a contractor or an agency, doesn't matter. I just need to plug that hole. So that's the power I found from understanding wealth dynamics is that there's the self-knowledge, but as you say, the ability to then use it for recruitment, managing team members and knowing what roles to divvy up to who uh, and to ensure that everyone's playing to their strengths and the things that they find fun. So I love this profile. And I love the simplicity of it as well. It's super simple. Yeah. I think step number one is knowing yourself really. And when you know what your strengths are, your areas where you're not so strong and you know, being able to understand, okay, well, you know, where can you strategically place yourself so you're going to be most effective? That's the game. Because once mm. you know that and you work that out, you kind of stop banging your head against the wall and, you know, just making mistakes or hoping that things are going to work out, uh, but messing them up. Um, and so for me, when I first found this, I really understood, as I said, who I was and who I needed to surround myself by. But what that really opened up for me was a new way of working where I appreciated people for their different strengths. Mm. And for me, the game of business became about putting people in the right seats, putting people in a place where they can really excel and they can really do what they love. And Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, talks about getting the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus. That's super duper important. But there's a second thing that he says about that is then after you've done that, then you work out how to put the right people in their right seats right and seat. that's what this profile is all about so you can head along to i think it's you genius or i genius if you google wealth dynamics you'll find it really easily the test is online i think it's about 100 us dollars there's a little trick though if you go to the website and then you browse away from the website you'll get retargeted pretty quickly with some discount codes and those kind of things so <laughs> i usually recommend that to anyone who wants to have a crack at it but let's talk a bit about how it actually applies in a business like mm. okay you take this test and it's going to tell you who you are. It's going to tell you an archetype that you are, you know, kind of gravitating towards based on, you know, behaviors and the way that you work through different situations. Now, you may be a creator who's all about birthing things into the world. You may be a mechanic who's all about tweaking the system and improving things. You might be a lord who's a bit more about, you know, accumulation and kind of lording over things. Uh, there is a trader archetype who's about, you know, doing deals and finding arbitrage and there's a supporter archetype who's more of someone who's going to be supporting others to shine. Speaking of shining, there's the star archetype who's about either shining themselves or, you know, holding other people up and, you know, shining the light on them. So and there's a deal maker, the deal maker as well. Can't forget them. They love to do the acquisitions and deals and all of that straight after the trade. I think we've covered just about everyone. And each one of these will come with its different, you know, strengths and weaknesses and different ways of relating. And some of them are you know, introverted and extroverted and different, you know, kind of energies that are attached to them. Now, the point of this is, you know, you'll go through and you'll kind of find your profile and then you'll get a bit of an idea of, okay, how you operate and where your strengths are, uh, but then also what kind of people you need to have around you to really help you to shine. One of the examples of that, you know, many entrepreneurs are creators. Uh, mm. My partner is a super high, strong creator. She is creating, 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 creating all day long. But what she really needs to help support her is a supporter because a supporter is going to be someone who can help catch the ball when she throws it and help actually put things into place for the creator and actually follow through and execute on some of the crazy ideas and dreams that they have. When you have someone who is a mechanic, which that's my currently my primary profile that I gravitate the most towards, 
a mechanic needs someone who is a star to be doing promotion, maybe an affiliate, maybe someone who, you know, speaks the good word about what they're doing or someone else who can shine light on the work that they're doing. So the mechanic can be more in their happy place, which is in the back room, tweaking with the system and improving it. So hopefully you're starting to get the idea that these archetypes will shine light on you, but also shine light on, well, what are the team dynamics that you need to create in the people that are around you to be successful in the business and in your team? I think it's also important to note that I think one of the most powerful parts about wealth dynamics and why is it called wealth dynamics? Because it's about how do you best create wealth is the idea behind it. What, how do you best generate wealth for the entrepreneur? Yeah. Creator. But maybe if you're more of a deal maker, you're going and doing a whole bunch of property deals, right? Like maybe that's your business or your medium to wealth trader. What comes more to mind obviously is share trading, but that may not be the only way you trade. But the one that's really important, I think is it helps you understand what mentors, what models do you want to model, right? Because if you're a creator and you're going and trying to learn from someone who's a deal maker, sure, you can go and learn those skills and you can go and apply it, but you may find it a lot more challenging to get the same results. You may find it more challenging to feel good doing what they're recommending doing because you're excited by the opportunity that they created, but it worked for them because they're playing in their power in their archetype of what they're really great at. And so the creator the people who are really strong creator, which I am creator is my primary archetype. And what really resonates is we're strong visionaries. And when you're a really strong visionary, you're living in the future a lot. You're very optimistic, but the people that you want to most model, at least I do, is I think about the Richard Bransons of the world. The creators are the people who have the ideas and they have the teams who help execute and get those ideas done. That's like the sweet spot of a creator. And I've met many creators as well. And you share that and they're like, oh my God, that'd be a dream. I could just have my idea. Or some people, they're a bit more like their creator. They just want to create course content and online content and be course creators versus maybe the supporter who, if you're a coaching model, um, the supporter really loves to support. They want to do lots of one-on-one calls. They want to make themselves uber available for their clients. Whereas the creator is a bit more like, I enjoy the webinar. I enjoy creating a new event. But once I've delivered this same event five times, I'm a bit bored of it now because there's no fun creating. They've gotten a bit into the just, you know, wheel of it. It's not fun and creative anymore. (laughs) Yeah. The monotony of it. And this is, it's super important when you understand this Not only does it help you understand you and your current business model and where you're at, but it can inform you to start looking at, is my business model right for me? Am I pursuing the right path for my style? Or if you're looking for new opportunities, it starts to give you that filter of going, yes, this is an opportunity for me. No, this isn't. Like it's amazing, but it's not a real good fit for where I know I'm at. That's that's been my experience with it for sure. I really like that you brought that up about creators. So I found that I first did the test in my early 20s and it told me that I was you know most you know aligning to the creator archetype and then I found in later years when I've done it the most recent about a year ago was that I'm now aligned more to the mechanic and now mechanic with lord being the second highest one and the interesting thing that I found was we talked in a previous episode about setting up a partnership but then not continuing the relationship and having that relationship fall over because there wasn't maintenance done on that relationship. That's like classic creator because a creator will create something and then get bored of it. The moment it has been created, if there's no more creating happening, then it just basically becomes boring for them. Um, And so 
each profile is going to have their strengths and then they're going to have like, you know, the weaknesses and the things they really need help with as well. I'm thinking now about me gravitating more towards being a mechanic. You know, what's really interesting to me is completely, is continually tweaking the system, right? Improving, 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 improving the system, tweaking, tweaking, making changes, making improvements. But you can over-improve something or you can over-tweak something, right? And sometimes a mechanic will want to make a mess just so they can put things back together again and fix them. And so I've got to be really careful with my team that I don't get into the stage of breaking things when they're already actually working fine. Oh, dude, I can relate to that a lot. You know, I'm a creator and my secondary is mechanic. So, Mm. you know, I'm tweaking, 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 and then I get to use my creative brain by going, oh, there's a new problem that we can tweak. Let's create a brand new solution for it. And then cool, now now that's been done let's not actually really communicate that to clients that it's been done because that, you know, job's done, create this problem solved. Let's get back to tweaking. What else can we tweak? What else can we change? So you get to a point where you then look back and you go, wow, we've done a lot of stuff we probably never needed to do. Mm. So I completely relate to that. So as a creator, Carl, what have been the greatest gifts that you've been able to bring to the business as a creator and where do you like completely bugger it up? Our vision for sure is the greatest Mm. gift. I'm constantly like the creator side of me, there is the mechanic, which is quite strong for me. That's really helped me with building my business. But the creative visionary side is by far the thing of just like, I'm constantly thinking about, okay, where do we need to go? Where does it look like? What does this look like? Here's this piece, but I want this piece and I want this piece and I want this piece. The challenge that that brings up for me is patience and time because even what I found with, as a creator, and I think many creators as well will re- relate to this, is sometimes even just solving the problem in your mind, you've done the creativity. You don't end up going and actually executing and solving the problem that maybe you need to solve in the business because sh- just thinking about, oh, there's this problem, how could we solve it? Once you've solved it, cool, well, that was fun, but you don't actually get on and do what needs to be done to fix it because you, you've solved it. It's a fun part's done. So there's this huge great asset from being able to do that. Also, as when I was consulting, I don't really do that as much because now I'm, as the CEO, I'm kind of a consultant to my own business. But back in the days when I used to consult and just be a marketing consultant, a strategist, the creator in me would always be great. A client would come to me with, here's my problem. Boom. I could deliver amazing value in a short period of time to them right then and there with, here's what you should do. They'd walk away going amazing. And for me as a creator, it was great because I'd done the fun part. I'd done what was easy. I didn't need to worry about the execution. That was for the client to now go and and execute. And I think that you find a lot of creators are consultants Mm. or, you know, course creators of some kind. So the vision is the best thing that comes. And I'm a creator mechanic and then I've got a bit of star. And Mm. it's interesting when I first did the test, I'd only just started really presenting on stage. And it just all of a sudden was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I love presenting on stage. I love coming up with new ideas, but if I do a presentation, if I've done the same presentation more than five times, I get bored of it and I'm like, oh, you know, it doesn't have the fun anymore because I love the creating of the presentation before I present it. And then there's the mechanic part of me that would like, how do I systemize the hell out of this thing? You know? So, (laughs) yeah. What about you though, as a mechanic with a bit of Lord now, what do you think that has really brought in both strengths and maybe challenges. You've mentioned one challenge, but what else has shown up in your businesses? I think it's brought to the business. Now our business is quite mature. IT Genius has been running 12, 11, 12 years now. It's established. It's got a large recurring revenue base. It's still growing and scaling. 
but it doesn't really need the fiery energy of a creator creating heaps of new things. It actually needs a bit more, in my opinion, of a shepherd, you know, just gently, you know, massaging it along the way. And so for me, how I bring that mechanic energy into the business is I'm just looking for where are the oil leaks, you know, where are the screws that are a little bit loose. And the ideas that I share are less about me jumping in and creating something and then having people scurry around me to follow on. It's more about, hey, I suggest we may do this. I put forward a suggestion and, you know, it's more kind of like selling rather than telling to the team and influencing where they might want to go. And that's because that energy is actually backed up by the Lord energy. And the Lord energy is kind of like, okay, this is the kingdom that I've got and I'm going to lord over this kingdom. And so it's really about, okay, I'm the king of the kingdom of IT genius. And it's about making sure I'm protecting it from threats. I'm you know, investing in the enrichment of the kingdom and the people that are participating in it. I'm making sure that we're, yep, we're looking into the future, but the survival of the kingdom is probably the most important thing. So that's that real lord energy there. And so I think you know, both of them are a good fit. And I've, I've developed those skills on purpose, just based on the business growing and me adapting personally to, to how the business has grown as well. Yeah. And, and do you think there's, from a Lord point of view of the kingdom, do you see any downsides or things that have impacted your business from that shift in your personality? Do you think that's hmm. brought anything to the business that isn't? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say downsides, but I've certainly noticed that a difference in how I run the business. And that's been in adversity to risk. You know, now the business is larger and there's 40 people currently that are employed by the business. I have a great sense of responsibility in the employment of those people. The fact that they're not only supporting themselves, but also their families as well, that literally hundreds of people are being supported by the survival of the business. And that's a pretty you know, important responsibility. I don't think I could you know, lead the business as the CEO being a supporter unless I had an amazingly strong and varied executive team that I was supporting all of them and they were really running things. And one of my uh, clients from a long time ago, I remember now, was very much a supporter archetype. And that person was excellent. They ran a not-for-profit. They were excellent because they had a board who were helping to make decisions, helping to drive some of the strategy. And the supporter was an amazing person at managing stakeholder, uh, stakeholdership between the board and the executive team that were running the business with them. And so I think you've really got to play to the, you know, the strengths of your profile, but you'll also adapt your profile to what is needed in the moment. One thing that I noticed this year was I had a challenge and I found myself with a task that was incongruent to my profile. Now, I've been in the CEO role for a couple of years and most of my responsibility has been around doing a little bit of marketing and presentations and some kind of like star on stage type stuff and then growing and leading and, and managing the team. And I've really enjoyed growing and leading and managing the team because it's been great as a mechanic to just tweak, 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 tweak role descriptions, tweak responsibilities, put people in different places, uh, hire different people. And that's all been, you know, really hitting the things for my mechanic. But I had the strategic realization that I needed to focus on marketing over the past two years and not just hire a consultant marketing, actually develop a marketing strategy, build a marketing team and execute marketing 
I say, quote, like a real business, unquote, uh, because we've been growing from what was a small business to now a company that's more of a a mid-market type business. We're not quite a corporation, but we're growing up. And what I found was there was so much creation needed in marketing or my perception was there was a lot of creation needed in marketing. There was a lot of creativity. There was a lot of birthing new things and that just scared the crap out of my mechanic because all I wanted to do was set one thing up once and then just have it work. And marketing is not like that. It is dynamic. Responding to markets, responding to changes, you know, trying and failing a lot, you know, four out of times you're trying and failing and, you know, you need to constantly change things. And so what I did was I thought of a way to trick myself into using my profile of a mechanic to apply to the marketing. And what I said was, okay, this marketing thing is just a problem. It's just a problem that needs to be solved. And I'm going to solve that problem by experimenting. I'm going to solve that problem by trying things out and buggering them up. Uh, I'm going to solve that problem by building a team and, you know, working out how I can engineer a team that's going to be a high performing team and going to get great results. And then eventually I'm going to be able to step away knowing that I've fixed that area of the business. And so that was my thinking and it really helped. Now, does it make me excited to record videos and record podcasts all the time for the marketing? Not necessarily. There's still a part of that that isn't fun. But then when I go and look at my YouTube analytics and I go, oh, wow, that video that I created did really well. And this one was really useful. And we got great feedback on that one. That's all about like tweaking the system and tweaking the machine. And that gets my rocks off as an, as a, I was going to say as an accountant, as a mechanic. <laughs> definitely well, not I, an accountant. I'm definitely a mechanic. First up, I love that strategy of, you know, hacking yourself to kind of go, okay, this is outside of what I'm deeming to be outside of my kind of profile. And how can I then relook at this whole situation from the lens of a mechanic and how that can be solved? So that's just amazing. I love, I'm curious to know whether you feel like every single role could do the same. That'd be curious to try and apply that to it. But the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, as a marketer and as a creator, the, the coming up with new ideas is fun and great, but often this is where the thing is so challenging for people. You see these amazing creators and they suck at marketing too. You know why? Because they need the mechanic. They need mm. the mechanic to do the testing and measuring. They come up with an idea. The idea maybe worked, but that's boring to keep executing the one that worked. So let's come up with a new idea and a new idea and a new idea. And maybe those next three ideas didn't work anywhere near as well as the first one, but there's no mechanic to actually analyze, look, track, to know that. Mm-hmm. And so it's this beautiful symphony. That, that's what I love so much about Wealth Dynamics is it's this beautiful symphony of like, if you had an, a company which had every single role in it, it's just like and then the right right seats on the bus as you said it just opens up so much opportunity and the thing that's really good in the when you do the test online which we all recommend you go and check it out do the test online they give you some supporting materials to talk about you but they also based on your profile and what you are will give you recommendations on who you most need around you first obviously Mm -hmm. the ideal would be to fill your entire business with every every role it's also super important. I want to touch on this because it's been my experience is not just looking at it from a team, who do you hire, but also who do you partner with? If you're looking at having business partners and starting businesses with people, I've got a lot of friends, a lot of people in my world who are also creators. Mm. And I remember many years ago, I was starting, we we're going to start a business with some friends of mine. We were, we were 
three of us and we we're all working to launch a co-working space. And I'm really glad we didn't because that would be sucky business right now. But we were actively looking to create this co-working space. We we're going to all these meetings. We we're doing all these things. And it was lots of fun. I loved going to these meetings. I love connecting with these guys. The problem was all three of us were creators. I had a bit more mechanic. So I was often the one being like, cool. All right. So we've had these meetings. We've done this. What's the next step? What are we getting done? I was the one kind of trying to get more done. And we just kept meeting up and talking about the possibilities of what could be done and what the vision would be and how amazing this would be and how exciting it was. And we've done this meeting. We've connected with this person. We've looked at these spaces and we're all this all this opportunity. And after a few months, I eventually just was like, guys, I've got to, I'm out. I'm out because we're just talking, we're meeting and we're talking and we're getting nothing done. And that's been my experience. If, if someone comes to me and go, I want to partner with you and they're a creator and I know I'm a creator, I'm always like, okay, this is good. This is useful. It doesn't mean we can't partner, but there needs to be clear role of who is the creator and who else is in this business? Who else is going to be the doing of the execution? If there's two creators strategizing, that's cool. But who's going to then do the ideas that we come up with? So yeah. that's a really big part of the value of knowing this too. Yeah, it's funny. I've recently hired through acquisition, uh, our general manager, Scott, who is a mechanic and I'm a mechanic. And what I found was through that, I thought there could possibly be double up. I thought, okay, I've got another mechanic coming into the business. We don't need another mechanic. And what I instead found was that I was able to relinquish a lot of things that I was doing that maybe weren't the best use of my time. Scott was able to take them over. And you know what I felt like? I felt like they would be done in the way that I would want them to be done. Because <laughs> Scott's such a great mechanic. And it actually allowed me to step a tiny bit more into my creator. And so it's so interesting that after this journey of me with discipline and intention, really bringing out the mechanic in myself to grow the business, now having someone, you know, really support that area of the business, I'm able to bring in a bit more of what the business needs right now, which is a bit of creator energy. Mm. I just love that idea of seeing it shift. I've done the test maybe three or four times now over the last 10 or so years since I learned about it. And mine have not changed to change. I seem consistently to be a creator mechanic star. And I really love the fact that you've seen shifts in how you've changed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that idea of cool. Like you can look at a role and go, okay, this person can take over that. And I can step back out of my mechanic and I'm going to maybe try and lean into my creator. That's mm -hmm. I think that's one of the challenges of a creator is the creativity ideas side of uh, giving that to someone else. There's a sense of control that many of us have of like, but their idea won't be like my idea. Uh, whereas a mechanic is, can be a bit more systematic. I see that. I like that. So uh, that's food for thought for me, man. I appreciate you sharing your uh, insights. I like that. So your profile itself may not have changed, but I'm curious, you know, over the years, you know, what ways have you found that you've changed, you know, within this, within this modality or within the ways that you've been working? Like, you know, you've done this, you know, people might, you know, read this once and it's like a horoscope. It's like, oh, that's the person I am. But, you know, we've both been on a journey of, of years of kind of being aware of this. You know, how's that shown up over time for you? Um, it's mostly shown up in, I see, I just see it in my own behavior. I see it in the things I gravitate to do that feel fun. And like, for example, 
I've many times and we've, I've started building a software as a service product, you know, like why? Because there's the mechanic side of me that's like, oh, we can improve this and change this. And then the creator has to go and scope out and design and think through all the possible opportunities that need to be in scope for this. And they'll over-engineer this great feature. It's amazing when we launch it, but it takes a lot longer than maybe if I just did a little tweak. So I love coming up with software and product new ideas. And so I see that show up in how I perform my role of just constantly coming up with new ideas. What I most need is someone to stop me at times and go, well, hold on. Is that actually a good idea? Is that a good idea? Mm-hmm. Presenting, I've mentioned, I love presenting. And I think that very much connects to my star energy, um, which is interesting though, because generally I, I kind of fit on the ambivert side, introvert slash extrovert. Probably more, many would think I'm more on the introvert st- side, but you put me on stage and I'm very much more of that extrovert personality. So it's it's interesting. I just see it all play out. I wouldn't say I've necessarily seen it shift. I just see it play out consistently in my business model into the tasks and the things I like to do that just fill my cup. And I also see it playing out though in all the things that maybe when I break my business unnecessarily, it's also all three of those pieces coming into play in that same, because the creator really probably gets to a point where once the business is a certain point, they either sell it and start something new or they've gotten to the Richard Branson level where they're just not really involved in that because they're now onto the next project and someone else is running the business. And yeah. I think that's something that's I've been exploring a lot more recently and I'm still navigating the how to make that jump from like the leader of the owner of a business and the leader stage, as I call it, making that final step to investor. Well, I do lots of investing. That's no problem. But to go to the investor and remove the leader component and almost then start again is something I'm exploring how that's how you make that leap right now. So watch this space, I guess. That is very interesting. I think we're not successful in business without amazing teams around us. And I've always had my, my closest team members take the wealth dynamics profile, sometimes even hires. We've had them take the profiles and share them with us because we've been really specific about the kind of person that we want, similar to like a disc profiling, you know, getting a real good understanding of someone and how they work and how they operate. And it's not about anyone being better or worse than anyone. It's about finding the right fit, uh, you know, finding someone who's going to, you know, you, who you're going to be able to put in the right seat on the bus. So I'm curious, who have been some of the significant team members of yours who you've worked with and what were their profiles? Like, why were they significant? How did they show up in their profile to help you on your team? Well, uh, definitely one of our, like the people we have who get on the phone have far more of a supporter in them. You know, the people who are going to be more sales and connecting with customers, they're definitely more in the supporter role. And we actively look for that. Some of my best, obviously we work with a lot of technical stuff. So the majority of my team are highly mechanic. Our designers, highly creative. So, so a lot of our team are either in the mechanic space or uh, the creator space, but they're very focused in their creative. They're not creating a business. They're creating the design or for the, for the clients. When it comes to more the management level though, my ops manager, you know, she, she's definitely more a kind of supporter, Mm. which is really, you know, it's, it's useful. Like she loves connecting with people. It's all about the people for her. And that's what's really amazing. Like I love the people. I love the connection. I love the impact, but not to the same degree that she does, right? I love the creating of the idea. I love the, the, the concept and the improvements, whereas it's for her, it's all about the people. And that's a really nice mix for me to allow for that to happen. What are more useful for me in teams is we are talking about entrepreneurial archetypes. There's other 
more outside of wealth dynamics, there's some other ones that have been really useful that might be worth touching on. So one is the Colby A test. And I don't know, Pete, if you've ever done the Colby A, but I have. Yes, I have. It's a really great profile tool that helps you identify not how you think, but how you do, how you actually mm-hmm. show up and whether you're a high quick start, meaning you're really good at starting things fast. And then how high is your follow through? And a lot of entrepreneurial people, not all, but a lot are very high quick start, quick to start and really slow to follow through. It's a really useful thing to look at. Now, I actually am I'm a, in the middle quick start and I'm actually pretty high in my follow through. So that's, it's lucky for me that I've got that, that mix. But I look at that at my team. You know, there are members on my team who are really high quick start and they're not strong on follow through. Or mm. um, So they're the ones that most stand out. I know there's more than those two, but they're the ones that stand out most to me and I find most useful. So I've looked at that with my team, uh, especially my ops manager in particular. And then the other one is integrator and visionary, the test by... Uh, Gino Wickham, that would be. Tra- from Rocket Fuel. Yes, rocket fuel. Thank you. Yes, that's. I knew. I knew. So there's a rocket fuel test. Do it online. It's free, uh, especially if you're this, you're the, the kind of the founder, visionary type person, and you've got a second in command, either hired or business partnered. Mm-hmm. It's a really great way to to see what's your mix. And again, uh, this was really powerful for me with my operations manager. It was very clear. While she's quite high in visionary, just like I am, she was stronger in the integrator side than I am, which is why we've worked so well. When she got hired, it massively changed the way the business ran because she had the ability to integrate more of that ideas that I was creating all the time. So I think there's a number of tools that we can use to evaluate the teams close to us and in our recruiting. But I haven't lent on, honestly, I haven't lent on wealth dynamics a lot across my team. I haven't got everyone on my team to do it. And that's something that'd be worth exploring again, I think. Yeah, I think it's really important for those that you work really close with. I mean, all of these tools and frameworks just help you to understand and bring to your consciousness the way people work and being conscious of putting people in the right place. I would say that, you know, sometimes people are going to naturally fall into a great place. You know, maybe you just do this kind of thing with your outliers. I mean, we've been big fans of disc profiling and personality tests and Myers-Briggs and, and, you know, all those kind of things. And, you know, these are all useful. You know, on top of these, it's important to have conversations you know, communication, boundaries, talking about roles, getting good feedback. I think it's absolutely crazy that some organizations will do a performance review one-on-one, you know, once a year. And, you know, we try and have those conversations at least once a quarter, but other one-on-ones happening as well, you know, just kind of asking, how are you doing? And hey, what's going on? And, you know, how's work going? And it gives people the opportunity to kind of talk about these things. I think as I've grown and I've scaled my business, I've really learned that Although we are big fans of systemization and we're big fans of, you know, writing processes and having people follow a particular process in a certain way so that the business can scale, it's also really important not to treat your humans like monkeys just entering data into a system. It's really important that your job as a leader is to actually foster an environment where people can thrive. And yes, documentation of processes is super important, but as is the importance of, you know, making sure that you're putting people in the right place, you're supporting them well, you're allowing them to play to their strengths and then you're, you know, you're supporting them for them to do that. Now, I went to a, an interesting workshop with Vern Harnish who wrote a book called Scaling Up, which is an absolutely phenomenal book on Great business book. management. And in that presentation, they shared some research that was done on the motivators for employees. Now, the number four out of the top four motivators for employees is their remuneration, how much they're being paid. 
Their number three is line of sight. Uh, is, is the business moving in a certain direction that I'm happy with and that I'm comfortable with? Number two is, am I making a contribution? You know, is what I'm doing actually affecting moving towards that goal for the company? But the number one, the most, the highest motivator for employees was actually, am I playing to my strengths? And so, you know, a system and a profile like this allows you to understand more intrinsically your team and then work with them to play to their strengths. And that's where motivation comes from. There's another fantastic book on this topic called Drive by Daniel Pink. And it talks about the difference between extrinsic motivators like bonuses and, uh, you know, profit shares and those kind of things and intrinsic motivators like mastery and purpose and, you know, doing things because they feel good rather than because somebody's telling you to. Um, And, uh, you know, all of this is about how can you foster an environment where people can really thrive? And I'm a big believer in that. And uh, for me, you know, what ticks my boxes is having an A-class team around me and doing cool things. My ultimate creation is, you know, the business and creating an organization. And, you know, sometimes I've been called a, a capitalist fetishist and I'm very happy to wear that label proud. And it's because like, you know, business is a, to me, it's a creation. It's the ultimate creation for an entrepreneur. And, but what really, really jazzes me is can I put a bunch of people together and can I get them in their genius zone where they're Mm. loving what they're doing, they're achieving their version of mastery, they're going home every day feeling like a winner. And so I think, you know, these archetypes are not only about you, they're about your team as well and helping you get insights into how everyone can win. I love that, man. I I think that's, you know, it's a beautiful way of looking at it. For me, I think about business, you know, I guess even though as a creator, I don't necessarily look at it as a creation. Like I've just, I mean, it is, but I don't think of it that way. I see it as a great, contributor and a great way to be able to contribute through team members, through clients, you know, what we do for clients, and then also through creating jobs, contributing. So I love that idea that it's the ultimate creation that then contributes. Uh, so it's a really nice mashup there. I love you sharing that. I think that we can wrap this puppy up and just say, if you haven't already gone to the website, and we don't remember it off the top of our head, but if you go into Google and you type in Wealth Dynamics Profile, or Wealth Dynamics Test, it will find you a link. We'll make sure it's in the show notes anyway, but uh, you'll find a link. It's uh, about a hundred bucks to do the test. Uh, maybe, I don't know, what do you reckon? Half an hour to an, an hour max? To oh, less fill than this that. In. No, it's like 15 minutes. Yeah, all right, 15 minutes. And it's wealthdynamics.com. I just checked. Oh, perfect. Wealthdynamics.com. Go in, order this test, do it for yourself. If you've got a big team around you or a close-knit team or you're a small company, get the whole team to do it. It's going to be very illuminating for all of you, I'm sure, both in the business and out. As we said, ultimately, this is about wealth creation. So if you are currently an employee and don't have a business, it's going to also help you identify what might be the better wealth creation models to, to pursue and look at mentors in that space. So As always, this has been an incredible show. I'm so grateful to be joined by our co-host, Peter Moriarty, and to share all of his wisdom and how he applies these things in his businesses and being able to share that to you. As always, we would love to hear your feedback. Did you like the show? Did you hate it? Did you like me more than Pete? (laughs) Just let us know. Leave a review. We'd love to let other people know how the show's going. And we really genuinely like to read the reviews on your favorite podcasting episode of show tool. My brain's a little foggy right now and I'm not making much sense. So we're calling this episode done. Check us out at rising.show. 
That's where you get all the show notes and all the previous episodes. We can't wait to connect with you on a future episode. Any final remarks, Pete? No. See you later, guys. Go to the chest. Live it. Love it. Use it. And you'll be good. Bye. Bye.